And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, director of social media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense. Your mayor, Joe Souchere. You recall we uh, we gave the old groin kick to Mike Seidel of the Weather Channel? Yes. He was doing the fake lean into yeah. the wind. It's really, it's, it's gone viral. While his cameraman <laughs> captured two guys behind him just strolling along. <laughs> uh, I got an a email from Ryan who writes, The other day I was talking to a co-worker about the hurricane in North Carolina. This co-worker was a resident of Cape Hatteras Island for 20-some years. He told me a story about the time Jim Cantori of the Weather Channel almost got his ass kicked by a bunch of local residents of Grand Banks, North Carolina. Apparently, while Jim was doing his broadcast, a Weather Channel associate was hiding behind a bush and shaking it wildly <laughs> during the broadcast to simulate the wind. The locals didn't appreciate this pandering and ran them out of town. Enjoying the podcast. Thanks, guys. Ryan Johnson. Uh, but by the same token, Cantori uh, wants, to my delight, Punched a guy. You guys recall that? Uh, he yeah. was doing a weather stand-up somewhere, and some college student uh, was carrying on mischievously behind him, and uh, Cantori reached around and gave the guy a whack, which I thought was pretty good, too. Yes. Fair yes. is fair, right? Uh, I remember the one where uh, yes. this one was, I forget where it was, but the guy. It was Brazil, wasn't it? Was he, it? Yeah, Sandstorm captured by reporter is actually a production guy Kicking sand oh, in the this. shot, yeah. <laughs> where he's he's standing there and the guy's just Here, kicking sand down. up. Yeah, the the video's at the bottom of that story. Can can you see the irony in this? Oh. These these stunts, while funny, are 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 the result of people trying to convince you that uh, nature is hysterically dangerous. And and they're doing so because they want you desperately to believe that you know man is causing this. Right. Well, if it then why do you have to like the guy who leaned into the wind, Seidel, the fake lean? The storm was bad enough. People are dying. You don't the, need the to flood oversell waters it. Are right. horrible. It, we know. So what do you? Why are you piling on for this BS? Find we already a, know it's bad. Right, find a natural angle and run with it. Don't I, make it worse. I'm watching the guy kicks. Yeah, he was kicking. I remember that. <laughs> well, look out for that sandstorm. It, it was a clear day. Bluebird day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we got her. Sand everywhere. You know, I used to think that a good, uh, and we had it last night. We had it from about midnight till 4 a.m., the classic summer thunderstorm. Oh, yeah. With lightning and thunder and rain. The, the weather yesterday uh, was very nice. That The cool down was really nice. But I used to always think that rain was a white noise. And now it's keeping me awake. Really? Yeah, because there's some leaves it drips on. I got to trim them or drip, something, get those drip. out of You there. just hear the drip out of the gutter? Yeah, or... yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and uh, I didn't mind the thunder and lightning, but the, depending on the intensity of the rain, it hits things that make noise. Well, you, I, I know what kind of person are you kind of I'm time a bad, out. I'm a you, bad waiter. Yeah, you time out the drips. Oh, yeah. where is it? That drip's a little late. Hang on. Drip, drip. But that, that storm last night was a classic, but I'll be damned if I could sleep. So I need to ask you guys a question. Yeah. Because you guys have been at the game of being a dad a lot longer than me. Mm -hmm. 
So when I heard the first clap of thunder, I'm going for a second go around. And she Give was it. and she was loud. Mm-hmm. And it happened one o'clock in the morning where I live. Yeah. roughly. Might as, just, might as well just scoot over at that point. My instant reaction was, "What did those two knock down now?" Yeah. Oh, I thought <laughs> I thought you meant they're going to be coming into bed with no, you. No, my two boys, six and three. I thought, what are they doing right now? And one, <laughs> I didn't think storm. Right. You know the other thing that kept me awake. <laughs> the other thing that kept me awake. What? Is uh, I'd I'd see a flash of lightning, and then I would count. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, okay. To to try to determine that's your personality. Uh, eight miles. Yep. Yeah. So if what if you get to a count of eight before you hear the thunder clap, that means the uh, storm it's, is eight miles from you. One second per mile, right? That's what I thought. I don't know if I buy that. Uh, well, oh count, come on! I was counting all night. I'm going to look that up. Yeah, please. Well, do. see then. It, yeah, now it's a distraction. You used to like a good. Uh, uh, you know the, the windows, a wind to rattle the windows. Yeah, see, I got windows now that don't rattle. Mm. They're too good. <laughs> I used to have windows that rattled to be. So you know, so you knew if it was windy or not. I used to have a sliding uh, window that would just fall out if it was raining hard enough or windy enough. It would just come off its track. All, All right, right. we were Marjorie and talk about it. No, that's <laughs> not. I know where you went. I'm glad you got good windows yeah. now. Well, I got nice oh, windows. Good. Yeah, nice. Hey, it's can, a simple hey, place. They open and close. You yes. can turn a crank. Right. Nice article, CJ Rose. Yeah. Uh, all right. Here's what we got. We were kind of on the right track. After you see a flash of lightning, count the number of seconds until you hear the thunder. That's what I did. Use the uh, one Mississippi, two Mississippi. All right. For every five seconds, the storm is one mile away. For every five seconds. Yeah, so divide the number of seconds you count by five to get the number of, uh-oh. What? Well, you can't do, do math. math, right? He's gone. Yeah, I'll have to get a calculator. He can, so count, Joe, to, he can count to five and know it's one It's one mile away. That's come on, now it. it's the podcast. Let's try it. Yeah. Eight seconds. What about it? How many miles if it's five seconds? Got it. Uh, one mile and three parts of a mile, right? Well, eight seconds. Here we go. Five seconds is a mile. There we go. Is five seconds a mile? Yes. It's a mile and a third. Five, six, Something like that, right? Five and two, three. Divide that in there. I'd say it's about a mile and a half. All right, mile and Roughly a half. Roughly a mile. That's pretty half. good. Okay, I was impressed. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to say something like <laughs> 40 miles because it's multiplied by five. But you know what we did, though? We get another one. He's like, wait, that was. That was nine yeah. seconds. Well, in For fact, his purposes, Lord, could you just time them so it's even, <laughs> so I don't have to divide five into something? In fact, the... it's going to happen, what, tonight, tomorrow night, oh. into Thursday? Oh. I yeah. might not sleep again till Friday. The pad of paper. Yeah. I'll I... have reams of calculations. <laughs> and I'll be able to. And I got Dave Dahl's weather kit that he gave me. I could consult Did you use that. it yet? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's all set up. Hell, yeah. Plug her in. Let's go. Yeah. Got a lot of rain last night. Uh, I uh... Based on my own weather center. I would look at uh, up my radar, but I left my phone at home today, like an idiot. That's, I mean, a, you rare, know that's a rare event when people uh, of your generation leave their phone behind. And I needed to text, you know, to tell you I was going to be a little late and tell my wife. So, uh, thankfully, I you're on my phone as Joe. Yep. So, I luckily, I remembered your number, mm-hmm. how to dial your number. Mm-hmm. Because these days, it just comes up as Reavers or Joe or... You know, whatever. The number doesn't show up. I could only call my parents' house. I don't think I know anybody's number, including no, my wife. Has it made us lazy? Of course. Or is it just a... Uh, no, a, because we don't physically... That's how we remember is because we used to have to physically dial it every time we wanted to make a call. This Rook. is the equivalent of not teaching cursive in school. 
Rook, you you missed it. Uh, Reavers and I were discussing uh, using the podcast forum that we have here to provide the opportunity for uh, candidates to debate, for example. Uh, yes. I'd like you to get a hold of Wardlow and Ellison. I'm okay. being very serious Got it. and extend that information or that invitation to them. I will. Uh, uh, to me, that's the most interesting uh, local race because uh, it has such national implications. Uh, I think that'd be a great in, in way term, to put us on the map in, too. In terms of Ellison, and and he's rejected every invitation we've ever extended to him. I can't imagine why. But well, it's, uh, it's it, weird because I know his people, and his people have produced Governor Dayton on this show, mm -hmm. so they know. It's just it must be Representative Ellison saying, "Nah, I well, don't want to do it." Wardlow's the Republican candidate, and Ellison's the DFLer. Uh, tell them that uh, they're more than welcome to come in, and uh, we okay. can even we can even do it at their convenience because. This podcast has no set starting time or ending time. Right. 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 All right. Okay. All right. I have more for you. Stay tuned. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Suchere. I was reading about a kid, uh, not a kid, young adult, black kid, black guy, who's a White House intern. Mm -hmm. And, of course, he got ripped for that, for uh, <laughs> for working in the Trump administration. Uh, but he had a great response to people. His name is Jalen Drummond, a black intern at the White House. He faced ridicule, racism, and moreover, his decision to work for uh, Trump this summer. He's a University of Alabama graduate. And he faced heavy criticism after the White House intern's photo surfaced on the Internet featuring his smiling face amid a sea of other interns. In addition to criticism he faced on the Internet, website Funny or Die. I've not heard of that website. Yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's a lot of comedians post stuff on that website. It's actually a pretty good site. Even uh, made Drummond's appearance in the photo a meme. Meme, yeah. Comparing mm -hmm. him to the black protagonist from Get Out. What does that mean? Uh, Get Out is the um, it's a it's a movie. Oh, it's a film. It's a psychological thriller about racism and features a young black man who meets his white girlfriend's family for the first time. Yeah, uh -huh. it's I've seen it. It's a it's actually a pretty good show. Mm -hmm. Oh, so it's not like the University of Wisconsin where they just placed a black kid in the picture. This is an actual intern that is uh, happens to be working. black. Yeah. So that, I, I can't believe he's being called out. I don't care who's in office. If you had the chance to work in the White House, yeah, and, and well, that let's, was your let's get to his response. Okay, uh, the meme went viral on Facebook, and many other people piled on Drummond, calling him things like a white N-word and House N-word. Others called him an Uncle Tom. In this day and age, isn't that amazing? I'm telling you, the left is your worst enemy, uh, black people. <laughs> Name me a favor they've done you. Drummond remains undaunted by his online experience and has nothing negative to say about his experience with the president or the White House. In a Saturday tweet, Drummond wrote, It was an incredible honor and privilege serving as one of Donald Trump's White House interns this summer. Of course, the so-called tolerant left wasted no time leveling racist and discussing rhetoric my way. Uh, the same day, Drummond shared a Facebook article detailing his experience at the White House and the abuse he received from online peers as a result. Uh, Drummond also shared a quote uh, from the uh, book of Matthew, which states, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. 
In a sense, deleted Facebook posting, Drummond expressed gratitude for the experience. He wrote, thousands of individuals, many of whom are educated at Ivy League institutions and have connections to power, applied for one of these few coveted spots. Every single morning when I walked through the White House gates, I would pinch myself to remember that this wasn't a dream. He added, I say that because never in a million years would I have thought that such an opportunity would be bestowed upon me. An average kid who was raised in rural East Alabama and educated at a poor county school. However, we truly serve an almighty God, and his plans are much bigger than man's expectations. Serving as an intern in the Trump White House has been an experience of a lifetime, and I have made friendships that I will cherish forever. Uh, according to Alabama's Randolph, Alabama leader, Drummond was recently appointed to serve as an advisor to Secretary Dr. Ben Carson in the Department of Housing and Urban Development. He began that job on September 4. After he graduated from the University of Alabama and before interning at the White House, Drummond interned with Alabama Rep. Representative Mike Rogers, Republican, and served with Luther Strange's campaign for U.S. Senate. Well, the kid could not have had a better response. It sounds like he's taking the high road. It's just all these Uncle Tomers and come on, people, let that go. He he should he should have been seen as a uh, uh, as a hero. You know what I find interesting is we often lament just how divided that we are, mm -hmm. and I, I I don't think anyone would disagree with that. But when you hear stories like this, the first thing that comes to mind is not only are we as divided as we have ever been before, but there are a certain section of people that not only are we divided, they have zero interest in being united. Oh. None. Right. None whatsoever. They, they, they will never— Can't bring about the mystery if you're united. But not only that, but they will never, ever see someone else's objecting point of view. But why—, why, why this kid, you know— For God's sake, he, he wanted to get an internship at the White House. A kid of modest means from uh, rural Alabama uh, got himself through the University of Alabama, applied for and got one of these positions— uh, there, there's no reason to rip this guy. No reason whatsoever. No. Can you imagine though, and that when he goes through the checkpoint at the White House every day, saying, "I got to pinch myself. I'm working at the White House right now." In the in the picture, and I'm going to excuse him of this because he was outside when the picture was taken. He had a funky hat on. He's got oh. the cool hat. Okay. Well, uh, like a derby hat kind eh, of. Like a little. Uh, oh, like a hat that. Uh, who's the musician I'm thinking of? Pharrell? Gary Clark Jr. might yeah, wear. Yeah. You know? uh, he looked cool. And he looked happy. And he looked like uh, he's got the wherewithal to know that he's pursuing the right path for himself. He's not going to fall for the BS. No, he, you know, he, he's right. He, he rose above that. Mm -hmm. Probably realizing at some point in his life what you've been saying is hey, Democrats. You're not really helping us what out at all. What the hell have you done for I'm going to go do something. I, I, I'm going to go earn this, which he has, and then he's going to be living his dream. Yeah, and there's no there's no suggestion here that he thinks Trump uh, was specifically uh, involved with making sure he got hired. Uh, it's just that he was uh, keen enough to know that, look, I, I've, reached, uh, I've reached the White House here. Right. Uh, who knows where this will send me on my— uh, voyage through life yeah it's a pretty uh, pretty big thing to put on your resume i would think so interned at the white house i'm um, looking at a picture of uh, trump yeah no i'm sorry in the official picture i apologized uh, drummond in the official picture he's not wearing his hat 
though he he, oh, okay. he took and he's standing behind Trump in the official picture. But then there's another picture in the story that shows him uh, sporting his Gary Clark Jr. hat, which is very cool. Oh, and that picture is from Funny and Die. Funny or Die. Funny or Die. Funny or Die. Mm-hmm. What the hell is that again? <laughs> a website? Funny and Die is a completely different issue. Is it? Is that Urban Dictionary? No. This is Funny or Die. There you go. Funny right. or Die. Right. Well, congratulations to uh, uh, to Jalen Drummond. Uh, I congratulate you, and, and I hope you uh, continue to have the strength to realize that don't listen to the BS you're hearing. Uh, and he also sounds like he might have known or realized that the word race doesn't mean anything more anymore. Racism doesn't mean anything anymore. Racist doesn't mean anything anymore because the Mysterians have, have destroyed it. The Mysterians have, have used it uh, as a—they've weaponized it. They've weaponized the word, and now they use it just anytime they're irritated uh, by anything that doesn't go their way. You know what this kid did? What did he do? He rejected the club. He yes, he did. Back. You're he right. Thinks he thinks for himself. Club. He thinks for himself. He pushed back. And look at how many fingers were pointed at him because he wasn't following the path he was supposed to follow right. as a black. The club is going to tell him what he has to think, and he's saying, bleep you. Right. I'm not, I'm not in your club. Right. I'm my own guy. Boy, that's really, I mean, that, you really have a good kid there. They should not let him go as an intern. Well, he got bumped up to housing and urban development or whatever Ben Carson is doing. All right. Uh, all right. By accident than elsewhere, by design, here's Joe Suchere. Yes, director of social media. So um, I know that you guys don't really care for, well, I shouldn't say you guys, Joe, I know you don't care much for reality television. Not a bit. And uh, the world of the NBA um, doesn't really do much for me, but I read this story and I thought, I need to bring this up with the fellas because this is one we can all add to the file. All right. Now hang with Uh-oh. me. All right. The file of John Hyde's strange news stories? Right. All right. Things you could say, hey, I never did this. All right. In an episode of the Oprah Winfrey Network's Ianla Fix My Life. I know. Just bear with me. There's a lot of questions there. I can see mm-hmm. Joe's. So the question mark above his head. Who, who is has fixed his life? So this gal named Ianla, she's a friend of Oprah. She has yeah. a television show in which she she's rehabbing mostly celebrity couples and their and their uh, misfortune and trying to get them to stay together. All right. All right. That's All right. the setting. Oh, I think I know where you're going. I saw this. It's wonderful. It aired last week. Former NBA player Jason Maxiel, who played for the Detroit Pistons from 2005 to 2013. He also spent some time with a few other teams. Well, Rook, he uh, made a rather large confession to his wife, Brandy. Uh-oh. His wife's name is Brandy? Brandy. Okay. This a la um, Jerry Springer? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. What happened? In front of the wife, Maxiel admitted to sleeping with more than 50 other women during their marriage. Uh-oh. Huh. That led Brandy, who told the show's host that she'd been under the impression that Maxiel had only cheated on her eight other times during oh, their marriage. She was cool with that. Storming oh, out the set. She, she was cool with eight. Oh, so eight was okay. Eight's, she's got a number. Yep. She, there's a number. But hold on. Yep. So she she can't excuse the 42 other time, 42 plus other times. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, here's where it gets even more odd. Yeah. Well, not that that's already not bizarre. After his wife, Brandy, stormed off the set, the cameras kept rolling. And host Ianla 
Van Zant kept asking him more questions. Okay. And that's when he confessed that during his entire NBA career, he'd actually slept with 341 women. So he, he counted them, huh? <laughs> what? He kept Like track. a notch on a cane? He kept track. He didn't, uh, he didn't even it off at 340 either. He went with 341. <laughs> that's oddly specific. He didn't even just say it's over 300. <laughs> now I'm up there about 341. No, I'm at exactly 341. <laughs> I remember. I remember three what? four. I remember the three hundred and forty first. And all of this with the gal gone. She, yeah. The after wife, she had left, he's like, "Hey, you know, actually." Uh, we well, gotta... it's not like he can go home now. He might as well sit around right. the set and talk. <laughs> he's got time. He's got nothing but time. Wow. <laughs> wow. Did he ever have time to play basketball? Well, you're on the road a lot, you see. Yeah. So when you're on the road, you got a lot of time. It's on your the hands. one that I like the best. The three hundred forty-one. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> That's just fantastic. Oh, the poor lady. I thought you guys would enjoy that. I, I wonder how many children he has. I think, I believe I read that uh, they have one son together. And actually, her, um, she was quoted in this story also saying, listen, I know he was, you know, sleeping around and whatnot, but at some point I'm going to have to explain this behavior to my son. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, that's, uh, wow. 300, what did you say, so 340? She was, she was cool with eight. Yep. But when he went to 50 on the set, she said, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. And then she, the host keeps pumping him for more and more. And he goes, well, actually, it was 341. It's kind of like the the price is right, you know, where yeah. where it's that window. It's like eight, you, know, you, get, the, you get the ding, you know, 50, you're in the red zone. Yeah. And then, yo, you know, it just goes over. Uh, the guy goes off the cliff at 341. Can we, uh, may I, uh, when we come back, may I tip my hat to Chick-fil-A? Chick-fil-A? Chick-fil-A. Yes, of course you can uh, do And that. I, I have some reasons for getting to the bottom of that. All right. You cannot stop it. You just make a move. Joe Suchere. What's this new tune that's on my button bar? Oh, yeah. Uh, this is Man of Steel. These guys emailed us, Rook. You were you weren't Six here. Six Mile Grove. Yeah, they uh, they are diehard GL fans, and they emailed me and said, "Hey, we're on Spotify. You can use whatever you want for the podcast." Oh, okay. And we're uh, we're extending that invitation to all local musicians. Absolutely. Well, musicians anywhere in the world, for that matter. I don't have to be from the Twin Cities. And if you're hearing this and said, "Well, I already submitted something to Reavers," well, I, I I appreciate it. I'm just trying to get get to everybody as I can. Why, 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 of... why are you getting emails bounced back to you? GarageLogic.com? Not yeah, we're, ch- we're converting everybody's email addresses from the old HBI server, which was 1500ESPN.com. We're converting those to the GarageLogic website. We're just, it's taking a little bit longer than we had expected initially. I have constantly seen a political reaction to Chick-fil-A to the point of Chick-fil-A occasionally getting ridiculed uh, because their uh, founder uh, is a man of faith. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if he's still alive or was a man of faith. They close on Sundays, yep. which is rare in their world of fast food, right? They could make another fortune oh, on yeah. Sundays because their stuff's pretty good. But a couple of, uh, I remember about three different stories about Chick-fil-A. Uh, one was uh, an alderman in Chicago uh, protesting their arrival in his ward because he found them uh, disagreeable. Uh, for their matters of faith. Uh, for example, I think the founder is a believer in, a, in the marriage between a man and a woman, which has really nothing to do with chicken, but it's easy for uh, people to posture and grandstand 
and uh, try to appeal to their constituency by condemning Chick-fil-A. The, the second item was— uh, S. Truett Cathy is the, uh, is the founder. He uh, left us in 2014 at 93 years old. All right. And that second story, you'll recall, uh, it's giving me the impetus to cancel my New Yorker magazine subscription when the current subscription runs out. About six months ago, they had that precious article from a guy who said uh, it just uh, uh, alarmed him that Chick-fil-A was moving into Manhattan because oh, yeah. this is our place and we don't want your values here. I mean, we're we're essentially have no values and we don't want to uh, we don't we, we don't want to be reminded that you that your outfit represents some strong leanings towards faith. And I, I just thought it was a pathetic, pathetic piece. And then the chairman of Twitter, the CEO of Twitter. Jack. Jack, whatever his name is, Jack Spratt. He, uh, he tweeted out that, uh, using his own platform, he tweeted out how much he enjoyed a dinner at Chick-fil-A, something to that effect. Yes. And the club jumped on him. Mm -hmm. the, and, and he apologized because he's a weenie. He apologized and said, Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I, I should never have said that I like Chick Fil A because I want to stay in the club. And if I'm in the club, I can't think for myself. I have to I have to think what the club tells me to think. Right. And the club apparently, uh, the members of the club, I'm talking about Mysterians. They uh, they they would be opposed to Chick Fil A because Chick Fil A represents values, standards, uh, and behaviors that the uh, that the club members have decidedly turned against. Mm -hmm. They they just don't want any part of it. Right. So. So here's the latest. Okay. Uh, the owners of a North Carolina Chick-fil-A decided to open their doors on a Sunday, which they never do, uh, after Hurricane Florence wreaked havoc on the Carolinas. Donovan and Nikki Carlos watched the damage on television and kept asking themselves, what, what can we do to help? Mm -hmm. What can we do to help? Uh, and they decided to help out the best way they could as restaurant owners with a hot meal for displaced people in hurricane shelters. So this particular Chick-fil-A opened up and went and started feeding people mm -hmm. who were desperate for a hot meal. And uh, Donovan uh, connected his employees with the idea, and he told uh, ABC sister station WTVD that his crew was excited to come in and get to work feeding evacuees. They coordinated with the Red Cross and 500 sandwiches and 1,200 nuggets later. People at three different shelters in the area had a hot, free meal. The Carlises delivered the 1,200 nuggets to the shelter themselves. Okay, and the reason I bring this up is uh, I don't know. What, what did members of the club do to feed anybody? That's a good point. I haven't Are you aware it. of any, any of the – uh, did, uh, did Jack Spratt, the Twitter CEO, whatever his name is, do you think he rushed to help? Did he? Did he? Uh, did Twitter get involved in any way in feeding people? Didn't see anything like that at all. Did the Did the writer for the New Yorker, Reavers? Will you look that up for mm -hmm. me? Uh, uh, how can we Google search it? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, or you can go to the New Yorker site and uh, type. Well, let's 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 Google search it because then other stories might pop up. Jack uh, Dorsey's the Twitter. Jack CEO. Dorsey, uh, who's a panda. Yeah, just a panda. What exactly are you looking well, for? Well, it was a piece in the New Yorker written by a a, a progressive mysterian who was uh, just really put off his feed by the idea of a uh, Chick Fil A store opening uh, where only hipsters uh, fear to tread. Is this and, called "I've Decided to Parent the Way Jack Dorsey"? No, well, no. The New Yorker piece has nothing to do with Jack Dorsey. Oh, it was written for the New Yorker magazine, and and the and whoever wrote it was uh, insufferably precious in uh, in pointing out that uh, we don't want the, the values of Chick-fil-A in the midst of our hipster kingdom here. 
Chick-fil-A's and creepy infiltration of the New York of New York is. City. There it is. Okay. Who wrote that? Dan Pipe. Uh, hold on, I only got the first name here. Dan Pipenbring. Spell it. P I E P I E P E N P E N B R I N G B R I N G. I'll need his name and a copy of the story that I'm going to send to the editor of the New Yorker when my current subscription expires. I think in January. I've been paying them a hundred bucks a year for the New Yorker Oof. for thirty years. The hell with them. And I'm gonna I'm gonna critique this story for the editor of the New Yorker. I should have done it at the time. But I didn't get around to it at the time, so I'll do it this time. And say, this time. is the reason I'm no, you're no longer going to get my $99.99 a year. It was published April 13th. April 13th, New Yorker. Yep. And I had a bit of a meltdown. April 13th? Yep. Yep. I'm okay. sending it to you right now. Uh, via email? Mm-hmm. Then I can print it out tomorrow in my hovel. See? And then I'll have that for when I uh, cancel my subscription. And I'm, I'm going to miss some things. don't think I won't. I'm going to miss some things. Uh, I'm going to miss the cartoons. I'm going to I'm going to miss some of the writing. But uh, that was so over the top. And if you look at it yourself, you'll remember why I had a brief meltdown. There was no reason other than this guy was disgusted by uh, an outfit of faith. Uh, right. Did he? Did Dan uh, pipe and bring? Did he feed anybody that had to lose their homes in in? Uh, North Carolina? My guess would be not. You think not? I don't think he was making sandwiches for anybody and distributing. Mm-hmm. Because one of Chick-fil-A's uh, principles that does help distinguish them from other fast food places is they believe firmly in giving their employees a day of rest on Sunday. Go home, watch football, yeah. Re, yeah. Re, recoup, Whatever. regroup. Yeah. The ones here, the ones located regionally here, they're not open on Sunday. No, they're not. That's a company-wide policy. Uh, but it's a policy they were more than happy to waive so that they could help. And to know that your kids are engaged um, in, you know, the current, um, uh, I don't know, uh, what am, uh, topics, it's fun to say on Sunday, how about for tonight's dinner we go to Chick-fil-A? Mm-hmm. And then a lot of them say, yeah. And then they realize that it's Sunday yeah. and know that it's closed. Can't go. It's a funny uh, parental trick. I've never used it. Oh, uh, you got kids you used to have. They're not around. Yeah, but they've been long gone since uh, I ever before Chick Fil A came here. Was ever aware of Chick Fil A? So then, raising canes is not a is not a bad second place on a Sunday. Uh, we had that at our house recently. Oh, raising canes is phenomenal. Very good. It's very good. Very good. Get the cane, and it's simple. I don't want a whole breakdown of their menu. No, here it is though: <laughs> fries, toast, yep, and uh, chicken. Yeah, I can make. Boom. I can make toast. Yes. Yeah. Well, Looking congratulations to uh, the, uh, what's the name of the family again? Uh, Donovan and Nikki Carlos uh, said, we got to do something. They're in Garner, they, North Carolina, and so they put their money where their mouth was and they fed people. That's the spirit of S. Truett Cathy, the founder. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's help people. It's an people ancient establishment, isn't it? I mean, it's been around a long time. It's just only recently that they began to expand across the rest of the country. Uh, yes. Uh, I, I'm not sure the first dates, time I ever was exposed to it was in Chicago about five six years ago. Really? Yeah. Somebody brought it to a function I was attending, and I thought, eh, pretty good chicken. <laughs> yes, it was started in 1946. Yeah, it's been around a long time. About 72 years. Yeah. Well, I hope it made Cathay a millionaire many times over. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he's he has a nice um, uh, self worth. I'm sure it did. Right. Mm-hmm. 
All right, gang. Uh, I'm also seeing that they're uh, they're also closed on Thanksgiving and Christmas as well. Really? Yes. Well, good for them. Yeah. Good for them. Is Reavers actually taking a live phone call? Uh, he has somebody called in, but I don't know that it's I don't know that it's for on air. Well, see if you can get a hint of whether it is or not. I'll be glad to take it. Uh, it was that. an email issue. I see. We, which we should clarify. If you're going to email gljoe at 1500ESPN.com or rookie at 1500ESPN.com, the garagelogic.com uh, email address was not working. There's a glitch that they're working on as we speak. Quite so. a few glitches from the emails I'm getting, including some volume differences between the podcast and the ad section of the podcast. Well, but you know what? We've got people working on that. Well, but we like to we like to get that feedback. So yeah. go ahead and uh, and and uh, email us at glj at fifteen hundred espn dot com.